Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Today, my guest is Lily Longshore. Lily is a speaker, a writer, and a wheelchair traveler. Lily, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, I we got introduced to each other because somebody on LinkedIn tagged you and Explore Washington State in an article on accessibility and traveling. And I think it was Accessible Go. I, correct. Accessible that, Go. Yeah, and that's exactly who it was. And so when I saw that Explore Washington State was tagged, I looked at the article and I saw, I was like, hmm. And then anyway, I clicked on your website and one thing led to another. We, I reached out to you, you, you contacted me and we had a great conversation. And so today our basic premise is we're going to learn more about you and we're going to learn more about wheelchair accessible travel throughout Washington state. So can you give us a bit of a background of you? Um, well, I am a, a wife and a mom <laughs> and I happen to be C five, six quadriplegic. Um, I really love traveling. I always have loved traveling. When I was in my early twenties, I joined the Peace Corps and was down in South America and I just have a passion for it. And when I ended up in a wheelchair 19 years ago, um, I at first thought that I would have to just not travel much anymore, but as I got a little bit stronger and got back some, um, mobility, I, I was, I learned that I could plan things out well and I could still travel. And I started out, of course, just within the neighborhood, within my, you know, the neighboring towns and that kind of stuff. And then I kind of spread out to different States and then took my first, you know, within the United States flight back to visit family. And eventually I got realized that people were, who were using wheelchairs were going to Europe and all kinds of cool places. And if they could, I could. <laughs> and so I ended up um, doing a lot of research and a lot of planning and, and, and have made oh, probably about five trips to Europe now, which have been really awesome. So um, and I mean, I've, I've gone a lot of places. Um, in planning the trips for my family vacations here in, in Washington, usually in Washington State, Oregon, the adjacent you know, states here. Um, there's just so much to do right here in Washington that over the years I've, I've written it down just so I would know which hotels worked for me. So if I go back, would I like to stay there again? That sort of thing, which, which venues I thought were really cool. And as years went by, it was like, wow, I've got an awful lot of information that I've documented, you know? And so I decided during COVID when I'm sitting here doing nothing, that I was just going to put all this together and actually publish it and just, you know, have it available as an e, uh, e-book on Kindle, which, which I've done. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's some really good information. I mean, I, I, I have a way and a method that I, I plan for vacations. And so that's how the book is written. I pick a, a town and then I find little things around the town, neat little trails or historic forts or, you know, little excursions that I can do that are wheelchair accessible. And, and I've done all this stuff and if I liked it and it worked well for me, then I put it in the book. Yeah. The, the book is great. Cause you start off in, in Vancouver, which I believe you're, you kind of live in the general Vancouver area. So you started yes. off, let's say close to home and uh, you've got some stuff in here on the, the Renaissance trail in the Columbia river, the Vancouver's farmer's market, which I think is great personally. Oh, that's an awesome uh, farmer's market. I, I, I'm a fan of the, the, of the farmer's market. I cannot, I cannot claim to be an expert on Vancouver, so I'm not going to give you a whole lot more praise there other than what I can say is the farmer's market's awesome. Um, Fort Vancouver, I haven't been there in years. So what I remember of it is 
so vague that I couldn't say, but, but you, you reference all these places as good places to go if you're in a, in a wheelchair. So I think that's awesome. And then you, you keep branching out kind of from home, your home base and you, you go cover a lot of the state. So in your travels, I'll put you on the spot right away. Let's just start the interview by putting you on the spot. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know this up. No, it's good. So share with us a couple of your favorite places in the state that you've got that you've enjoyed and that you think are really exceptional. Worth yeah. Well, you know, there's truly there is a lot in Washington State. It just is it is a beautiful state. So it's hard to narrow it down. Um, my two two of my favorite places. Um, I, I do love the Long Beach Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cape Disappointment State Park is really neat, and they they they've got some neat trails within there. You've, they've also got um, a couple of lighthouses, and I can, can get down to the base of one of the lighthouses. I can't get into it, but I can get down to the base of it and see you know, the whole view from the, from the, it's just as on a nice point and everything. So that's pretty neat that I can get there. Um, they have a really neat trail called the discovery trail that goes about eight miles from the edge of Cape disappointment all the way into town, into the, into the town of Long Beach and Cape disappointment actually is in um, Ilwaco. So it actually it goes far enough that it goes from one t- little town to the next. Um, and it goes right, you know, you're basically, oh, I don't know, maybe 40 feet or so away from, from the, the ocean. You're not, I mean, you're obviously not on sand. It's either asphalt pavement or it's um, boardwalk sort of stuff. Um, but it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful view. And you're right there with the birds flying overhead. And I just, it's a, it's a wonderful place. And I, I really like the, uh, the carnival type downtown that they have. I mean, there's things for everybody to do, you know, no matter what age you are. Um, it's it's just a, it's a nice place. So that is one of my my favorite places. I like the the nature that's there. You know, uh, they also have a, a they have a few different state parks in Long Beach. They've got um, Fort Columbia State Park, which is kind of an interesting history, and that's pretty hilly. But you, I was able to go from the parking lot across some grass to the concrete area where they have the fort itself, um, and you know see a lot of the fort that way but um going through the park it's a little too hilly to go beyond that um but there's quite a bit i I, long beach is a pretty neat place um and i love the olympic peninsula the whole olympic peninsula um i guess if i had to pick one area i would go to the north part of it and both port townsend and port angeles in those areas and if i have to choose one of those i think port angeles is really cool because it's like the gateway to um the olympic um uh, what is it? The Olympic National Park, I think. National oh, Park, yes. Hurricane Ridge is right there, and that's got some really beautiful views. And they've got a long, some long trails that you can go on from there. Um, but it's just you know twenty miles or thirty miles from Port Townsend. So the two of them, if we go to one, we go to the other. You know, um, and they both have different styles of waterfront area, and they are both really cool. And they're down. I, the downtown of Port Townsend is really neat. And then Port Angeles, the waterfront, I think, is really cool. So it's it's um, plus you're so close to the national park and Hurricane Ridge and Lake Crescent and I mean a bunch of stuff up there. It's just really a neat place. Yeah, that's that is indeed a beautiful area of the state. It is. But, but I'd like because so as I warned you, typically when I ask questions and the guests will say something and then I'll go down a rabbit hole. So that's warning, right. here we go. In, in your book, you reference taking, I, I want to get to it in the book, but I want to say 
you referenced taking a ferry, I think from Port Townsend. Is that, am I correct in that? Was that the ferry that I'm thinking about? Anyway, in the book, you reference that not all the ferries are accessible, wheelchair accessible. Is that? Uh, there's, you know, I, I have been told, uh, every, everyone I've gone on has been accessible. And okay. I've, never, I've never had an issue. Um, I know from, it was from Port Angeles, there's that Blackball Ferry. Um, yes. And it's not a, a, a Washington State Department of Transportation one. Um, but I had no problems with that. I mean, it was, it was just the same size as the, the, the wash dot ones. Um, I think that not all, I have been told that not all of them are wheelchair accessible. So you're supposed to call ahead. Um, okay. and, and I know that like when I have, even on the wash dot ones, um, I call ahead and they are able, they want you to go and park in a certain place or at a, in a certain order because they need to know if you're going to get out. of. We have a van with a wheelchair ramp that extends if, if I'm in my power chair. Um, okay. And my book, by the way, is written from the view of my power chair. I do travel okay. sometimes with a, a, a manual chair, especially when I like fly to Europe. I will I will take my manual chair because honestly, there's just less to break on it with the airlines as rough as they are on wheelchairs. Um, so, you know, I don't take my power chair with me when I go to Europe. Um, but I, I do the power chair at home and it just gives me much further range. It's just, you know, I could go for miles. So it's, it's, it's good from that standpoint. So that is my perspective in, in the book. Okay, okay. Now, what was I talking about? Oh, the, <laughs> I tried to get out of my van. Um, so if right. I'm in my power chair and I have the, the I, they need to put me in there without anybody next to me so I can get out. Then once I'm out, uh, they'll have me close everything up and then I have to stay out until we land. Um, oh. what my experience has been. Um, and so I have given the choice of, do I want to stay in the vehicle the whole time or do I want to come out? And I always want to come out because you can see so much. I mean, it's like a mini cruise, you know, I mean, you can see right. you know, if you're lucky whales, you know, so. So just for clarity's sake, I mean, you once again said something and it gives me, gives me a question. Why do you think it is that if you decide to, exit the vehicle that you can't get back in before the end of the journey. That seems oh, odd. They park, they, oh, they park somebody right next to you. They pack cars in there. Oh, okay. And okay. So you just so, yeah. You need like eight feet to the side, you know, and that just, you know, if they're packing everybody in there and so they need to park as many vehicles as they can on the, on the ferry route. And so, okay. yeah, that's why. And then you can't get back in until that, mm-hmm. that new vehicle that's next to you has been removed so that you can, okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Which is exactly why there's stripy areas next to, you know, next to handicap spots that people right. think that they should be able to park in because it's just there. And those mm-hmm. are unloading zones. I mean, you're, you're, you are preventing somebody to get in and out of your vehicle when you park in those stripy areas, you know, and I, I think a lot of able-bodied people do not realize that's what they're doing. I mean, that's why it's illegal to park there, you know, and in the state of Washington, that's like a $400 fine. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're a big fan of Long Beach, Port Townsend. Actually the whole Olympic Peninsula. I just love that area. It's really beautiful. Yeah. I love Anacortes too. I love the Skagit Valley Tulip Festival and and that's Mm -hmm. actually out of Mount Vernon, but yeah, there's just a lot, you know, there's just a lot in the state. I'm a big fan of festivals. You know, there's Mm -hmm. so many different like county fairs and festivals are are two of my favorite things to do that you almost always, they are going to be wheelchair accessible because the fairgrounds, they they do try to do what they can to make those accessible. I know Clark County has got a great county fair and their, their fairgrounds are wonderful. And I've actually been to the Clallam 
County Fair one year, and that is really nicely accessible as well. It's a lot smaller, but it was a pretty cool little fair. In Skagit Valley, like I said, the Skagit Valley Tulip Festival, they have all these different um, calendar of events that you can go to throughout the month of April on a typical year. Um, and a lot of, not everything is, but there's a lot of things that are accessible. And they actually, I, I've, I've spoken to the people who arranged that, and the, the woman gave me a whole list of, you know, probably about 20 different events that are accessible. Uh, so, oh, okay. They, that's they, that's it's awesome. It's on their radar. It's on their radar. So, that's awesome. Gonna, I'm going to go back to Long Beach because there's a photo in your book that I, I, I got a chuckle out of, and, and that's you in a, in a wheelchair borrowed from the city of Long Beach. And I'm getting a chuckle because since this is an, not a visual episode, it's just, you know, spoken word. So I'm going to try to describe it is you're sitting there in this chair made out of PVC pipe, which first off I just chuckled about, but it has these balloon tires on it so that it appears that it would go really well on the beach on the sand, which I would think that uh, a narrow tire would, that would be a bad fit. So I don't know. Like a, right in, yeah. Yeah. But what I think is I would have never thought of is that the they have this available so you can schedule it. You can borrow it for a set period of time and then you can get out there. And that's through through the city, but the World Kite Museum is the one that handles that, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The city owns the chair and they needed somebody to manage the the loan system. Um, and so that, that's done by the World Kite Museum. So and they yeah, do a very good job. They're very helpful there. Uh, and that particular one that they have, you can't self-prepare, propel. Um, you have to have somebody push you because it's, it's, you know, it's one, you know, I think that most people in wheelchairs know what I'm talking about, those big PVC balloon tire things. You would need to have somebody push you um, onto the beach, you know, but it's still really cool to be there. I mean, it had been, oh my gosh, like 15 years since I'd been on the beach when I was, you know, learned that they had that and had it available. And oh my gosh, it was, it was so cool. <laughs> it was so, just great so, being out there in the waves. Yeah. The photo of you, I, from here, it's hard to tell exactly how close you were to the, the water coming in, but you are six, eight feet away. I mean, you're right. You're right there at the, at the shore. Yeah. I mean, you're not, yeah, that's, that's great that you could, but so how was it, how, how easily does it move around in the sand? Was it, was it a fairly easy to get? Uh, my husband didn't have any trouble with it. He has to push me in it and he's not mm -hmm. a big guy, you know, he's, he's not a big guy. Um, and he had no trouble with it at all. He said it was fairly easy to push. Um, and yeah, he, he didn't have any, uh, sorry, that was a loud thing on my end. I, we did not hear it. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. I, I, Sorry. <laughs> But at any rate, yeah, he had no he had no trouble um, pushing it, and and um and they do tell you they don't want you to go into the waves. I mean, you can be on the wet sand, but they don't want you in the water. Um, I think right. it's just a lot messier. They have to clean it up a lot or something. But it's so tempting to go, you know, into the waves. But yeah, you, you respectfully you're borrowing something from somebody, and so I didn't I didn't do that. I I went to the wet sand, and and I was able to to reach down and get my fingers in the water. You know, if I reached out, you know, so that was really cool to actually touch the ocean for the first time in like 15 years. It was pretty cool. So, yeah. And there's a few places. I, we had talked about Port Townsend a little bit. And Port Townsend right next door is Fort Gordon State Park. They have a beach wheelchair that they loan. At least one. They may have two. Um, and I actually, they, they, the Governor's Committee on Disability Issues and Employment 
they have a grant program uh, for, for people who are, have a, a, a type of, um, if they have a, like a, a kind of basically a, a disability sort of committee in their county, um, like a panel of people, they are eligible to get grants on some, doing something good for the, for the disabled community. Um, and uh, Jefferson County got that grant one year and they got these beach wheelchairs for it that are now available for free for people to borrow when you're at uh, Fort Warden State Park. That's, that's great. So that it gives you more, more flexibility, more freedom and to go out, like you said, touch the water, if you will. Yeah, it's wonderful. When we talked before this recording, we had mentioned, you'd, you'd mentioned snowboarding. Your, your, your son was into snowboarding, I think. Didn't we no. talk about that? No? no, he's not a big no. I think you might be thinking of somebody else. He oh. did. The only thing I can think of is that he's, uh, my son is blind. He's got a, a retina disease called retinitis pigmentosa, which I, I did not realize I had. And that has everything to do with how I got hurt. You know, I, I, your night vision is the first thing to go, you know? And so, um, that had, okay. that really affected me and has a lot to, to do with how I fell and broke my neck in the dark. Um, but at any rate, my son, um, the form that we have is on the X chromosome and he, of course, being male only has one X chromosome. And so he is much more affected by it than I am at a much earlier age. So by the time he was out of elementary school, he was already legally blind and it's just, it's degenerative and just gets worse and worse and worse. So in the, in the middle school, he ended up going to the state school for the blind, which actually is right here in Vancouver. So how lucky is that that we landed here in Vancouver, not even wow, knowing, yeah. not even knowing that he even had a vision issue. He, he was five months old when we moved here. Um, and so, you know, he was able to go to middle school there um, and they have a really wonderful uh, volunteer program, and they take those kids up on Mount Hood for skiing and okay. or snowboarding. So you know he did he did learn to snowboard, um, and they assign each visually impaired kid uh, an expert skier. So they go down the mountain with this expert skier, and that that's that was his experience with snowboarding. When he that's very cool. It was I mean, really cool. Okay. I don't know if that, if we I don't remember talking to you about that, but that that's you know yeah, my son did snowboard. <laughs> well, yeah, so that's I mean, so that's that's awesome that there's that in available for well for kids because let's face it, at my age, I don't want to go down the hill and if I go down the hill on a snowboard, it's I'm it's all over. <laughs> I, have so. friend, I have a friend who who was trying to convince me to um, transfer into some sort of a ski chair type of thing and go down with an expert skier. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I worked really hard to, to get the mobility back that I have. And I just don't want to, I don't want to fall and break anything again. So oh, I didn't do it, you know? Yeah. I know. I, I can't say I blame you on that. I think that's a yeah. smart, that's the, that's the, the safe play there. The safe. Yeah. <laughs> so where else? So I'm, I'm scrolling through your book here and, and we're going to put a link to your book um, on the show notes for this so that, I encourage people to go take a look at it and pick up a copy because it's, it's really kind of cool. Not only is it, it's, it's, I, I'm glad that you wrote this from a wheelchair point of view, but I'm also looking at things going, Oh, yeah, I haven't thought about that place in a while. So it's full of really interesting suggestions here. So I'm, I'm thrilled with that. 
let's talk about, well, let's talk about Fort Warden a little bit more. Cause I, I shared with you a little story beforehand, but is, is Fort Warden a good place uh, for wheelchair accessibility? It is. It really is. I mean, they've got a, I re, it's been a few years since I've been there, um, but they have a really long, um, uh, like a pier or a dock or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I remember that being nicely wheelchair accessible and rolling to the end and you get a different view because you're out, you know, out there in the water. Um, and I was able to, um, with my power chair roll up, I had to pick which slope to go up. I remember, you know, you can't just like go anywhere. So I just picked the, the mildest, the gentlest slope, and I was able to get all the way to the top on, you know, where the gun turrets and stuff are and, oh, wow. and look okay. at the, over the Strait of Juan de Fuca. So that, that was pretty cool. And if you aren't able to do that, like if you're, if you have a manual chair or for whatever reason, you can get keys from the state uh, parks people um, to open a special gate that allows you to drive your vehicle so you can still get on top and, and you know if you can't do it in your wheelchair so they make things like that available to, to people who are disabled um, so you know I think that's that's huge I mean it's another place that of course this is in Oregon so it's not in my book but um, Yaquina uh, Head Lighthouse and that whole recreation area down there in uh, near Newport, Oregon, they do the same thing where if you can't make it in your wheelchair down to the intertidal zone area that they have, um, they give you keys, some sort of a special pass from at the visitor center and you can get all the way down there in your vehicle and then get out. So more parks are doing that kind of thing to make it equally accessible for people that are um, using uh, mobility devices. So bouncing around here, going back up to Skagit County now. You got some great photos of Diablo Lake. I like it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's just and so that So when were you there at Diablo Lake for um, this book? Remember the last time you The reason I'm asking is can you still go across the top of the dam or have they blocked that off for security reasons? Um, I was there maybe five years ago. And at the time, okay. yeah, they let me go across it. Um, and, and it was um, the, the thing. I am a civil environmental engineer. That's what I did for like 20 years. Um, and I um, <laughs> I think dams are really cool. <laughs> I just think the whole construction of them are really cool. Um, and so if there's a dam to be seen, and, you know, it just to me it's just interesting, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I I put I know I put some things in the book that I think are really interesting. Like I made sure to go to the Grand Coulee Dam. Um, it's out in the middle of nowhere, and it is <laughs> it is not a real wealthy area. And, and, and I mean, they probably could use some a grant to fix their sidewalks. The last time I was out there. You know, they were they had a little rough areas on their sidewalks and stuff. Um, but I mean, I, I really wanted to go see this. This you, Everybody's heard of the Grand Coulee Dam. It's a big, big deal, you know, and um, it's still the biggest concrete pour in the whole United States. You know, it's still the, the biggest producer of electricity in the whole United States. You know, so it's it's really a pretty interesting thing, and they got a great um, a great visitor center there. Um, Diablo Dam, of course, is is a is a, a lot smaller, but it's in such a beautiful area, and right there in the middle of the North Cascades. Um, it's not real. That whole area, the North Cascades area, is that North Cascades National Park is not super wheelchair accessible you have to pick and choose certain sites and so you pay attention to a specific mile marker and there's a little trail i think there's like the happy 
Happy Creek or something like that trail that I thought was really nice. It's a short, it's like maybe a half a mile long, and that's really close to Diablo Dam. Um, so for me, going across the dam, I thought was really beautiful. We kind of hung out in that area. They have a boat that you can um, do a little uh, a cruise um, on Diablo Lake. But as I recall, when I was there, that was not accessible. I could not get on it in a wheelchair. And I don't know if that's still the case or not. Um, but it was a beautiful lake, you know. And then you go up, you know, up past that. We were on our way east of there anyway. Um, and there's some really beautiful overlooks that are worth stopping and taking a look at. I saw kayakers. I'm not really sure how they got into the water. But, you know, that's something that I would want to investigate in the future to see if there is some sort of a place where you could go, you know, you could transfer from a wheelchair into a kayak and go. Um, I'm not really sure if that's possible, but it would be worth looking into. So there, there's potential. It's just, um, it's such a mountainous, obviously, a mountainous area there. It just inherently is not as accessible as some of the valleys or wetlands, parks, and that kind of stuff. So do you go kayaking? Is that something you do? I do not. Okay. I'm not I'm, that's something that I'm just starting to be interested okay. in. And then when COVID came along, it kind of like, you know, stopped that because I don't own a kayak and I would have to rent everything. Um, okay. And so I didn't want to expose myself and I just didn't do it. But I have been on the, the um, Columbia River on, on a, a slough where it's not real, you know, fast current or anything. I've been kayaking there. I've been canoeing. Um, you know, some of the lakes, the Lewis River, um, there's a few lakes up toward uh, Merwin Dam and, and Swift Reservoir and that kind of stuff. So I've been there a, a few times in a canoe. So that is something that I could transfer into those boats and I can paddle. Well, that's 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 great. Okay. So moving east from Diablo Lake after our little kayaking distract dis- excursion, you mentioned Winthrop. And when I was reading this, I laugh because I don't think of Winthrop's sidewalks as being easy to walk on. So I I didn't think they'd be good for a chair. I I tripped on the boardwalk, but Winthrop's a great little place and you found, and you found it to be fairly accessible too. Yeah, it is. It's well, yeah, it is. It's um, I didn't have any trouble with some of the stores. I mean, not all of, not everything there is going to be wheelchair accessible. There's steps in on some of them, but some of the places were really nice. I mean, there was, and I don't remember the name of the place. It was like a kind of an outdoor eating area and you would, you know, you could go in to the, um, you know, uh, inside and there was a, a, a couple of choices of, of, restaurants to buy things from and then you came out to this big picnic area on on kind of a big board deck and that was pretty cool and that was totally wheelchair accessible as were some of the other stores and then there was a, a trail that was really nice that went along a river and i don't remember the name of the river that's over there but it was a nice little river trail and a nice uh, a nice um, footbridge that went across from um the winthrop lodge i think there was a I have the name of it in my book and the name of the trails in my book. Um, but they were nice, you know, paved, mostly paved. Some of it, uh, where there was one of them that had partly graveled, but it wasn't, it wasn't deep gravel. And I didn't have any issues in my, in my power chair. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a nice place. Um, I don't think there's enough there to do to spend like a week there. You know, I would do it for maybe a day or two, check it out and then move on, which is exactly what we did. Right. You, it, the trails you're referencing are the Susie Stephens trail and the Stahiqua. And I hope I pronounced that right. And I think uh, that's the name and, of the river. The Stahiqua yeah, and river. Yeah. and yeah. then there's the Matau river. Um, oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Let's let's keep going east a little bit because you you mentioned Cooley Cooley Dam, which I've always I don't want to say this with no offense to Cooley Dam. It could be so impressive, but I always seem underwhelmed by it when I go there. I mean, it's this massive structure, but somehow it just doesn't. Now I've heard, I've heard, you know, and I've never been there, but they do light shows it in the summer at night against the, against the dam. And I guess it's kind of cool, but that is a massive structure and you're correct. The area that it's located in is not thriving and the sidewalks are not great. But Why? it does have it does have a great tourist center and all of that. So there's there's lots of things there. I'm sorry, I was trying to. Oh, you're you're this, fine. This thing keeps on popping up, and I thought, well, maybe if I close it, then it'll just. I had opened your email so I could um, get the um, and so that's the link. The link, and yeah, and so that's what keeps on talking to me. <laughs> okay. Okay. That that's so, good. So Sorry. you reference you reference Chelan and Lake Chelan, which is a huge East Side tourist destination. Yeah. Um, what did you find in Chelan that worked real well for you? I like Chelan. Chelan is a pretty cool place. Um, they have a really uh, it's a, a riverside park downtown, and attached to that riverside park, you start you know going along the sidewalks, and eventually it connects to this big like a river reach trail. It has a, a really pretty, pretty sizable trail. that's like maybe two or three miles long and it's really beautiful. I mean, it goes a long ways along the river and then it goes uh, kind of along a road part ways and then down this great big, um, like a, a connecting boardwalk type of thing that kind of loops you back along the other side of the river. Uh, and I really like that. And when, one year when we happened to be there, it was during, um, I think it was earth day in April and their little community um, uh, fire department uh, had this, this, they were having, a, had a cookout and everybody was invited for free. I mean, they were oh. making hot dogs for everybody and you just got in the line, you know, and they gave you a hot dog and, you know, potato salad and, you know, whatever else it was. And, and it, oh, it was just really nice. Everybody sat in these long tables and, you know, it was just, uh, to me, it was such a neat uh, uh community feel and just a small town atmosphere where everyone was welcome and they were doing something mm -hmm. nice for everybody, you know? And the other thing that I thought was pretty cool on the, the, the in the park, they were having um, earth day festival of some sort. And there was one girl that was, um, she had a goat that was pulling a cart and it was like a green, you know, like a giving, giving rice to kids, you know, it was like a green, <laughs> a, a, a green goat ride, you know, <laughs> sort of fair ride. So I thought that was kind of kind of cute. Um, and then they have um, cider houses. You know, I know everybody knows about the wineries out there, but they also have cider houses. Um, and it's, the cider trail has gotten to be a big deal out there. And we went to at least, well, I guess just one of the thing on their cider trail, which was what was nice. And it was it was wheelchair accessible, but there was only one area that was accessible. The rest of it was like the real tall stools that you couldn't counters you couldn't reach that kind of stuff but there was one one area in the particular cider house we went to that, that was accessible um so so it's not completely you know but if you have a place to you just need one place to stay so right. there are one place to sit that it worked for us so i was i was happy with it yeah it's 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 just a nice community and i thought there was it's just pretty you know sunny unlike this side of town in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we moved here to Wenatchee uh, four years ago is because 
uh, I just, I got used to, well, I'm tongue, tongue in cheek, but it felt like it was 11 months of winter over there. It was always gray. It just seemed, and it wasn't, and I, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it got to that point for me where I was like, I just want, I want weather other than drizzle and gray. I, 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 I want cold. I want hot. And, and, and so Chelan's you get that over there over here and you know, you get winter, we have winter and, uh, we also have summer and, uh, how hot does it get in the summer over there? Oh, hundred five. Okay. You know, sometimes. Yeah, it it's hot. It, it's a dry heat. Does it stay um, hot like that for a while, uh, or not for very many days? It, it's it's once our weather here. Once it gets rolling, it's going to stay cold or it's going to stay hot. Uh, it we get you know freezing temperatures below freezing temperatures for. This is the way I'll describe it to you. I am ready for spring. I am ready for summer. I am ready for fall. And then I'm ready for winter. I, you get a little, it gets, you're like, I can't wait for it's a little bit cooler than it is right now. And then you can't wait for the snow and ice to go away type thing. This winter has been real mild. Last summer wasn't as hot as it's been in the, in my short term experience here, but we definitely will spend 60 days, 80 degrees plus. Wow. Yeah. But unlike living when I lived in Tacoma, where if it was 85, I was completely miserable because it was 85 degrees on the west side of the state of Washington. It just didn't work for me. Over here, 85 is a very comfortable temperature. Okay. Anything above 95, and I start to complain. But so I've got more more tolerant to heat. My, my mother moved over with us as well, and she actually has embraced it more than I have even. She really, I was really shocked. My mom is uh, a lifelong Tacoma resident and uh, for her to move over here, uh, she actually said she likes the sun and the warmth now. So it's kind of cool. That's great. Yeah. We, I have not spent much time in Wenatchee. We've gone through on our way to um, Chelan, um, mm-hmm. but I haven't really stopped and spent much time there. I know that they've a, got a really nice, like the Apple loop or something like that trail that I've heard is yep. really a good one. Um, but I've not gone on it myself. Yeah, that's a 10-mile loop. You can start either in East Wenatchee or um, or Wenatchee. Um, we have a, a place called Pibus Market here that is a, an old steel factory that's been converted into, um, think, Pike Place Market on a very small scale. Okay. I, it, it's not fair to compare them, but it's, um, and it's got, it right there is river access to, and it's a, concrete trail that goes about a 10 mile loop around. Um, you go over to, you know, obviously two bridges to get across the Columbia. So you can do that if you wish. Um, so speaking of, since I know that's 10 miles on, on your chair, and I, I'm going to guess that there's different ranges on chairs, but there is. how, what is a typical range on a, on a power chair? Um, I'll, I'll like, I could talk about my chair. I could go like five or six miles, you know, especially okay. if it is, um, mostly, um, asphalt. I find that for my chair, if it's uh, kind of uh, gravelly, especially if it's like a little deeper gravel, um, it burns my battery down pretty quick. Um, I was just talking to somebody else that she, she has like, I think she said 12 or 15 miles on hers, but she has special batteries. Um, but she wow. said what she notices is that if she has a lot of, if it's level, she can go 12 to 15 miles, but if it's a lot of uphill, you know, she can't, 
you know, so, which makes sense. It's just, you, you know, that I would just suck up more power. Um, so I think as long as the, and, and she does have different batteries than I do. I just have whatever it came with, you know? So, oh. yeah, but I figure five to six miles is not bad, you know? Um, that's not a, that's not a bad distance. Most wheelchair accessible trails, a lot of them that I've been on are, are really short, like less than a mile. You know, so, um, but then you do, we're starting to see more of them, like the Discovery Trail around um, Port Townsend that goes, eventually it's supposed to go all the way to La Push. I mean, that's like, what, 35 miles or something? That's a long way. That's a long way, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, they're starting to put more trails like that in, you know, um, where you, you know, and right now that one, you can't, you can't complete that, but there's sections of it that are, you know, 10, 15 miles a piece. So, you know, that's, I think it's really cool. I look forward to doing that one day. So as, as electric cars become more prevalent and people start thinking, well, I can, I've got a range of X miles in my Tesla. I've got to pull over to get it charged. That's so they're planning the trips that way. But in your case, how long does it take to get a charge back on a chair? I mean, do these charge quickly or is it a long, I mean, what does it take? Um, I have a pride quantum um, right now and I just plug mine in every night. Um, and just let it charge overnight. And usually within the first, uh, well, it depends on how depleted it is. Um, a typical amount of, of use in the day within a couple hours is charged. But if I'm, I've okay. drained it down, then it's going to take, you know, six hours or something to charge. So, okay. So it's, um, they don't charge super fast then? They're, they're no, tough. mine does not. No, it's just, I mean, this is just all stuff I, you don't think of. So, You've covered, and we're skipping, we're skipping through a lot of your book because we want people to take a look at your book. So do you plan on, so do you have, let's, let me ask you this question. Do you have plans on writing another book? Do you, what, what do you think you're going to do with this? Um, Oh, you know, uh, I, I can see probably doing updates, you know, like maybe a second edition where I check out more areas in Washington. And after I get a substantial amount of information, then I'll, I'll do like a second edition and just make it be more complete, you know, Mm -hmm. but I really wanted to get at least something. I thought I had a lot of information to begin with. I mean, I've got a lot for for over all these years and I wanted to get that out to people, especially if you're like a a new, if you're, you're newly injured and, you know, it it gives you things you can do, you know, and I just wanted to get that information out to people. Um, I also am thinking I could probably do, something with Oregon state or something with British Columbia, um, some, a similar book, but I don't know. I haven't, I haven't started on that. I think probably Oregon state first, if nobody else gets to it. Um, but you know, if there's already something out there, which I did not know if there was or not for Washington, I didn't, I was not aware of anything for Washington state. Um, and so, you know, that I figured I, I would just put what I had out there, you know, so, and then the other thing too is, is I, I have seen a really old, like a 2002 book that was put out by, I think it was like maybe um, the state parks or something like Washington state parks, some, some government agency and it's a printed thing and it had a lot of wheelchair accessible trails, but that was exclusively what it was. It was just wheelchair accessible trails from, you know, like 15, 20, you know, for a long time ago. Um, and and some of it, um, well, at any rate, so I, I, I wanted to add other things that I thought were really neat. Like, I love the Tulip Festival. I think that the different festivals that are there, Leavenworth has tons of different festivals throughout the year. 
Um, I had, you know, the um, like the, the, the county fairs, you know, different museums and different, you know, the Interpretive Center in Skamania County. Um, you oh, know, there's, that's there's, great. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that, that if you, it just puts it all in one place where, you know, if you've got kids, there's things that you can do. If you're there with your husband, there's things you can do. And so, I mean, I, I don't, I, I kind of steer away from um, doing hotels. You know, if I happen to be in a hotel that worked for me, I, I, I've said which, you know, where I was, but I, I, that just gets to be, that just gets to be a whole different category of thing to include. And it's really individual. Like what I personally need is different than what somebody else might need. You know, like I don't use a Hoyer lift. So all the stuff that goes along with that, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put that in there because I wouldn't really, I don't always notice is there room underneath the bed for the Hoyer lift, lift to, to work, you know, or, or what is the height of the bed? Because I can actually, if I'm holding on to things, I can actually stand up and pivot and sit. So I don't have to have the bed be exactly the same height as my wheelchair for an easy transfer. And I know a lot of people that that's not true for a lot of people. Um, so all I can say is that these are the places that, that worked for me. So there's a lot of information that, that I did not include that, that I've, I've seen in other people's books, but um, I just want the fun stuff. I want to go on the sculpture walk in Laconer. I want to go, you know, the, uh, the Iskamini Interpretive Center was really pretty cool. And there's a zip line place that will help you zip line, even if you're in a wheelchair. They've got to figure out how they can help you do that. Um, oh, wait, wait, stop. Stop. Explain that. You, you must explain um, how how's that happen? Uh, the uh, Skamania Lodge Adventures, um, they have, oh, probably four or five different zip lines. They can't get you up to the very tallest, longest one, but they can let you go two or three times on their shorter ones. So they will help you, even if they need to carry you and strap you in or however they need to do it, they can get you to where the platform is so you can get on their harness or whatever they call it. And then you can zip line like the medium length ones. And they'll, instead of having you go on all five, they will have you go on the medium ones multiple times, you know, because you can't go, you, they won't be able to get you up to the highest ones. I would have never, you could have asked me, zip, I would have never guessed zip lining would be something <laughs> that would, would be. Oh, there's a ton that's of awesome. Stuff. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff, you know. And, and so, I mean, yeah, another thing that I, I have not done this, we, went over this happened to be over in um in oregon they have also a tulip festival over in oregon in oh what's the name wood uh woodburn woodburn tulip festival um and i know sometimes they have um they have hot air balloons over there and you know i went over there one time because i i would i we were going to see if i could get into the hot air balloon but they happened to be they were there yesterday but not there today you know type of thing um, so I wasn't able to go up, but I do know that they, you know, there are people who I know who use wheelchairs who have been in them. And so I, I, you know, there's all kinds of different things that you can do that you don't really think about trains, you know, like the historic trains uh, around here, just North of here, they have the Chalachi, uh, Chalachi Prairie Railroad. There's only like three historic trains in the area. There's one by Mount Rainier, there's the Chalachi Railroad, and then there's the Mount Hood Railroad. Um, and I've been on the Chalachi Prairie Railroad, and the last car of the train is wheelchair accessible, 
you want to pick a good day because it's outside. It's not, you know, the, the one, the, the, the entry is like, oh my goodness, like 15 inches wide. There's no way you can get in there in a wheelchair. Um, so it's, it's the outdoor train that you can, you can ride on. But it takes you all the way through, you know, the Gifford Pincho Forest, the areas around Yakult and stuff. It's really beautiful. And so, I mean, things like that, I, I tend to seek out that kind of stuff. Not, I, I love the wheelchair accessible trails, but I also love the historic dams. I love the historic forts. You know, I love festivals, you know, the, 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 the interesting ways of, of transport, like ferry. I, like, I love Washington's ferry system. It's just, to me, really easy and just really, it just gives you a great view of, you might see a whale, you might see a dolphin, you might, who knows, you know, so it's pretty cool. I've never seen one on there, but I still love it. <laughs> yeah. Washington state's ferry system is, is it's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 that's a good word for it. It's, and I never get tired of taking the ferry back yeah. towards Seattle and, and getting the skyline of Seattle coming in, um, you know, say from Bremerton. It's, it's just, really it's, neat. It, it expands expands your you know what you can reach you know because you can take the one from Port Angeles to Victoria BC you know I, I I've done that one you know and then speaking of, of festivals I've been to the lavender festival and swim that was really cool the purple haze lavender farm that was beautiful you know so it's, it's a it's pretty cool um, we interviewed the owner of, of purple haze of several months ago and he that's a great place that that place is so we went there and bad bad podcasting story we'll we'll spare the guest the story but that was that's a neat place you're right and i we were there off season so it wasn't you know in bloom or anything and it was still almost overwhelming off season so i i'm kind of scared to go back when it's in festival season because it'll be overpowering it's a beautiful place. You know, Washington State does have a lot of beautiful places, and it's so different depending on what, what you know, are you on the east side or the west side. And both sides really have, have something really beautiful to offer, you know. So Absolutely. it's a neat place, a neat state. Yeah. One thing you, you we didn't talk about in the book, you, you mentioned Walla Walla, um, which is a, a very interesting part of the state as far as I'm concerned. Uh, lots of I get a kick out of Walla Walla because well, if you've been in downtown Seattle, you know that you can't turn around and not see a Starbucks. I mean, it's just kind of like there. I think they, I, and I think Starbucks design team figured out that, okay, the average coffee beverage will be consumed in this many steps, three steps before that we will have another location for you to buy. I, I swear that's how they planned it out. But Walla Walla is the same, only it's wineries. I mean, there's, dozens of them in in the downtown core and you you can't turn around and not find a half a dozen wineries to choose in downtown walla walla is just this really cool um space and you mentioned the walla walla balloon festival um which i haven't been able to make it there yet hopefully hopefully soon i mean um and i'm trying to think and then that mission too, there's that Whitman mission well, the, that was really interesting, mission. Mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, the, Walla Walla had a lot of interesting things. And again, it's, you know, on the, you know, it's a great place to go in the winter because <laughs> it's sunny, you know, as long as you can get through the pass, you know, not get snowed. You know, right. right. Yeah. But it, the, the Whitman mission was really interesting. And that, um, I remember they had an indoor, they had like an indoor visitor center that was nicely wheelchair accessible. And then it was kind of like, grass and dirt path sort of thing through like basically the foundations of what used to be there. So that was actually a 
very sad story, you know, the whole whole thing there. Yes. But it was it was interesting. So yeah, there's there's a lot to see here. Have you ever been to it's it's Goldendale and I, I, it's the Stonehenge replica? Is that Mary? Is it Marymore? Is that is that wheelchair accessible? Yeah, it is actually. Okay. And yeah, I've been there. Okay. I've also been to the real okay. Stonehenge too, <laughs> which is also oh, wheelchair okay. accessible. <laughs> so which one did you prefer? Which oh, one did you prefer? This one was a lot closer. It was actually a really pretty <laughs> view too. Honestly, this one was actually a better view. So yeah. the one here in Washington. So normally we talk about Washington State, but with yours, with your situation, I'd like to, I would like to kind of just touch on you, you uh, this air travel. Yeah. How, and you've been to Europe multiple times now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have to imagine logistics become more complex. Oh, absolutely. You got to plan more carefully for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's in, you know, when I plan my trips to, well, first of all, I prefer to plan my own. One time um, I took a travel agency that was, um, they were claiming to be uh, all inclusive and all that kind of stuff. And they were owned by two able-bodied people. And, you know, maybe they had great intentions, but it was really an uncomfortable trip for me. Um, It was really, really not a good experience. Um, and so and on that particular trip, I went to uh, Portugal with them. And then for I went to plan on my own to meet a friend and go through Slovenia because my, my grandparents uh, immigrated from Slovenia. And I wanted to um, see where they came from. I wanted to see their little village and everything. So after the Portugal thing, I was just exhausted. And then when we got over to Slovenia on the part that I had planned, it was beautiful. It was great. I mean, it was really, truly wheelchair accessible. I mean, it was really awesome. I saw so much and it was so much easier without having somebody tell me we're going to do this. And I'm looking at it going, I don't know if that's a good idea, you know, which is they did kind of a lot of that on on the one that I paid somebody else to do. So I I decided after that, that I was just going to plan my own. And I've, I've really, I've done really well. I mean, there are some times that I ran into something like when we went to Germany one year, um, I went to I wanted to go to Neuschwanstein Castle, the whole that Disney castle type of thing. Um, and boy, I tell you, that was way steeper of a, a hill getting into it than I ever imagined. I could not do that myself. Um, and I was in my manual chair. There was just no way, you know. And so plus it was just pouring down rain because, you know, you pre-plan and you get the ticket for you know this day because you need to reserve the elevator. Um, and cause I mean, it does take more planning, you know, they, they're not, everybody goes and uses the elevator, but if you're in a wheelchair, of course they, they, <laughs> they do allow that. Um, but so, I mean, it took pre-planning. So it's not like we could say, gee, it's raining. We're not going today. Um, so we did have to go in this pouring down rain. It was kind of interesting, but I, in retrospect, I, I would not, that, that was hard. That was really hard. Um, so I'm, I've made little mistakes like that, but it was, um, you know, I mean, it's because I haven't been there. And all I can do is ask other people that I know who use wheelchairs, have you been there? How was it? And I guess the, the gal that I had talked to, she must be a, she must be a, a power horse or something because she's, she said she would, would have been able to, to, I think she had her husband pushing her up, up the hill. Um, but she said she would be able to do it on her own and there's no way, but she's a paraplegic. I'm a quad. So there's a difference in arm strength and, and hand strength and all that stuff. So, um, you know, yeah, but yeah, it was really, it was, I think I had some really good European trips. I went to Austria one year and, and uh, I saw Yo-Yo Ma play, uh, 
for the sequel like the cello. Um, at uh, the um, Music Marion, uh, the, the, the great concert hall. That oh, wow. Incredible. Okay. It was just incredible. That was a wonderful. And I saw the Lipizzan horses, you know, the Lipizzan horses, right, um, right. Both, both in Slovenia, which is where they're bred. There's the Lipizzan in Lapita, in Slovenia. Um, they have the, the original um, breeding farm um, that was, it's been there for like 430 years, you know, and it's the, the very same one that during World War II, um, was it General Patton? Uh, he, he saved the horses. There's a, a Disney movie about it. That's the very mm-hmm. farm. I was at that very farm, was able to pet the horses. And it, oh, they were like big white puppy dogs. It was very cool. And then I went to Austria where they have that, the, the actual, all the competitions and everything um, is in Austria where the, the Has- Habsburgs, um, it's behind the Hofburg Palace and, and uh, it's the Spanish Writing School of Austria. Um, and okay. so they had, you know, that's where they, they breed them to, to compete there. Um, so it was pretty cool. It was, it was actually, I've seen a lot of Europe and there's, there's so much that I really love there. Oh, this most recent, in 2019, my husband and I went to the Netherlands, which is wonderful. The Netherlands and Belgium are flat. <laughs> the whole country's <laughs> flat. I mean, they have diked areas and they're like, I don't know, 20 feet below sea level or whatever it is. And, and so, I mean, but the whole place is flat. And one of the coolest things that we saw, we went to the Kinderdijk uh, windmills. It's a UNESCO heritage site. And so it's that, it's that famous painting. You see all these windmills in a row, you know, looking back. Yes. And it's like, yeah. And so I got my picture. I had my husband take my picture with that in the background. <laughs> so, and that was really cool. And those things that is all about water management. Um, I mean, those things were, you know, to pump all the water so you could clear the land and then you could farm the land way back uh, hundreds of years ago. And he and I both, we met working in the water industry. I was a water engineer for a lot of years. We worked, I worked for about 20 years in the water industry um, in water treatment, actually. And so it was so cool seeing from the engineering perspective. I mean, those Dutch people are just incredible water engineers. It is just impressive. I mean, really, really amazing. So it was such a neat historic thing and just easy to get around. And then of course, Belgium being flat, you know, it was, it was very easy and they have awesome chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They have awesome chocolate and they're, and they're Belgian waffles. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, we're going to wrap this up. And so what I'd like you to do is tell people where they can find you online. Um, my website is just my name. It's lilylongshore.com. It's L-I-L-L-Y, Longshore, L-O-N-G-S-H-O-R-E. Um, and that, that's what I have a, a lot of articles uh, that I wrote for mostly New Mobility Magazine and the Paralyzed PN Magazine, the Paralyzed Veterans Association. Um, and then um, I also have my I speaker page on there, too, and a blog, too. Um, and then my book is available at Amazon.com. It's only an electronic, an ebook. Um, it's designed to be an ebook because I've got a lot of uh, links in there that you can tap on and get a whole lot more information of whatever you're interested in. So um, it's it's uh, two reasons I made it an ebook. That's one of them because I think it just expands the amount of information you can get. And then the other reason is that for you know, as I said, my son is blind and I have a vision impairment as well. And uh, electronic books, you can make the font as big as you want. You can flip the contrast and make it be white letters on black background so it pops easier. And so mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be as inclusive as I can. And I think ebooks are wonderful. So I love the title of your book, which we really haven't said. 
which is Lily's most excellent wheelchair adventures. Wheeling, Wheeling Washington State. Washington State. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I, this is how my mind works. Most excellent adventure. I think Bill and Ted. I'm sorry, it's a bad exactly. reference, but I just that's exactly I, right. that's exactly why I called it that. <laughs> I just think the title's outstanding. So we will put links to your your website and to the the Amazon page for that. I just want to thank you for you know it's serendipity that people you know connect people on a on a platform and then we end up having conversations. So I think it's it's great. Well, thank I, you. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. It's, it's, it's good, good. It's a good information to get out there. And I really appreciate your efforts in this. Well, thank you. And we, our goal is to, you know, showcase Washington state and that means all of Washington state. So, um, yeah. this is, this is great. So, uh, thank you for being on the show and, uh, we will talk soon. All right. Well, thanks Scott. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.